0: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can
1: we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning. Good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave here in the Mellon Law Studio in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida on a kind of cloudy day. Perhaps a little rain coming our way later. We'll see would be welcome things are kind of dry but the atmosphere is nice and clear and i'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour uh we are protected 365 by of course crime prevention and uh, Melon law studio supports the Ward scott files as does our construction on the spot cleaners um, uh, style cuts the official uh, style cut uh, of the Ward scott files the shoot gtr etc Uh, We're expecting, we were expecting to link in with Ted Yoho on a Wednesday today. Haven't heard from the gentleman. I'm not sure what's going on. Usually he is Johnny on the spot much before we even go hot. And um, usually we have about a 10-minute chat warm-up before we go on the air. I'm not sure if I got my wires crossed or uh, what the deal is, but uh, hopefully I I don't um, disappoint you in that I wasn't aware that uh I was uh, maybe Ted wasn't communicating with me on the other end, I put a message in and a phone call, so uh we'll see what happens uh, meanwhile, of course um, uh, good morning, everybody, Jody Davis, good morning, and uh, Robert Wilford, all uh, oh, you all heard checking into class early. there are of course uh, issues that we would be have been talking about, and uh, primarily we've been talking about what the opportunities are to actually control or take back some portion of the uh, congressional group, if you will. And we're all waiting kind of to see how that goes and shakes out. That's the most important conversation we've had with any of the politicians here on the national scene. Of course, on the local scene, um, there is a city of Gainesville uh, election, which really doesn't mean much to anybody outside the county, uh, outside the city, although the city sort of runs the county and that um, the mentality and the the values, if you will, that are endorsed by the city get uh, overflow into the county. Uh, And then, of course, the local issue, of course, single member districts, which a lot of people uh, just never do understand. And it's no fault of their own because there's so much deliberate misinformation put out by people who should not be participating, mainly the politicians who have Something to gain or lose should be staying out of it. We've advocated at the county commission uh, not participate in this conversation. Public information officer for the county not participate in the conversation and let the people's uh, uh, will find its way to the voters uh, booth and and let the people decide. The issue is always whether the people understand what they're deciding. And in the case of single member districts, it's uh, something they think they've already got when actually they don't. And a real easy test to see that is um, obviously the um, sort of shell games that some of the politicians play when they say they live in one place but homestead in another. Uh, That tells you that you really don't have districts. Uh, If you had districts, they wouldn't be able to do that. And there wouldn't be any need for them to do that. They'd be right there in that district. And um, that's who would elect them, and that's who would fire them. so um, interesting. Analysis analysis by Len Carvajal on watch Chronicle. <clears throat> excuse me, in which he uh, details uh, a lot of the uh, paradoxes about the current system and how there's a lot of misinformation, misunderstanding. Uh, maybe I can get Len to come on and I'll be a guest on the show, and we can talk about it with you and help you understand it because it's a very important local issue. Um, the national issue, of course, is. Really, it's who done it, and how's it going to work out? Because depending upon what poll you read and uh, where you go for your information, and what you'd like to, you wish would could be true. Uh, there are certain outcomes that you have your fingers crossed for. Personally, I think, given the polarization of the nation, the misinformation that's out there, uh, the participation, willful participation, uh, complicit by the media in spreading the misinformation. Will be closer than comfortable, even in the House. Um, I'm not one of these people who thinks it's a slam dunk for sure. Uh, one for the House to be taken uh, some to some degree back by the Republicans. I don't. I don't count dirty tricks out of this. I don't count uh, confusion and misunderstanding out of this. And of course, if you go take a look at the polls that we've been taking a look at, uh, you'll see that it's pretty much 50-50. and it's not. It's not 50-50 on the basis of any understanding or knowledge. Basically, it's on the basis of personalities. Uh, people either hate Biden or they hate Trump. It's a very sorry way to vote, to just vote on a per- I've heard people say, oh, geez, I just don't like Trump. They don't know him. Um, they, they, they they see what they're, they're they're allowed to see from the press. They've never sat down in a room and talk to him or anything like that. These are pretty knowledgeable people that I know who've said this to me. Oh, I just don't, well, they don't, you know, that that is playing right into the hands of the personality dis, uh, uh, false information spreaders. Um, it's it's pretty clear on the other hand to see that Joe Biden is losing it. Um, we talked about this with Kat Kamek yesterday. There's a situation where he can't find his way off the stage. God bless him. He can't decide who to shake hands with, and there's nobody there to shake hands with. Uh, he thinks that Kamala Harris, in one speech is currently the president. Uh, these are if, if I assure you that if the shoe were on the other foot and, and, and Trump were doing this, uh, you'd have a hue and cry about the mental instability of Trump, but it's being covered up for, played down, if you will, uh, by the White House press and by the media, and this is just the aging process. Well, notwithstanding the aging process, you still have to have a man who knows what his finger, what button his fingers on, in this, particularly in this age of nuclear uh, threatening babe saber rattling by, by Russia. Um, but that that is that is pretty much out there to see. Uh, it's it's nothing that one can prepare for. I mean, his press people try to maybe foretell it, but they don't know when he's going to do this and. And he doesn't probably either. I mean, he really has no clue as to what uh, what um, is, is going through his mind quite right often. I mean, I understand this. It's, uh, but the question is, well, how come it doesn't get more play? It influences more people um, um, in, in their decision-making. It remains a mystery. Most people, quite a number of people, simply make their decisions on the basis of personality. Um, there was a post on a Facebook the other day, um, a person whom I know, uh, so I just don't like DeSantis. She doesn't know DeSantis. What she's saying is she's probably got an issue with abortion or something in there that she doesn't agree with, and therefore she hates him. And right now there's a, there's a big, if you will, a, a, already an assault on, 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 on DeSantis, and I would say by the left, an attempt to tie him to Trump and make him out to be another Trump. He's not another Trump, I can assure you. His qualifications are... Are uh, pretty interesting. A lot of boxes you can check off for DeSantis. You can check off uh, uh, Yale, and, uh, Yale and Harvard educations. You can check off military service. You can check off a lawyer. You can check off teacher. Uh, there are uh, you know there's a number of things that you can you know if you're looking for a profile of a person who has. Uh, provided himself for community service in all different ways, all those boxes pretty much get checked off. And the battle against the woke world is a courageous battle. I want to go into that a little bit right now about just, uh, 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 I just got a message from Ted Yoho. Let me see what that is. He's coming on. Pardon me. Would you please? Uh, um, uh, <laughs> he says yes. Let me text him and see if he's coming on. Uh, I, I, apologize. I, I apologize. I apologize. I um, apologize. We'll see what we get back. Hang on, everybody. But anyway, I'm talking about this need for uh, some sort of uh, courage and leadership. And it's, it, it definitely seems to be that uh, DeSantis has it. And, and and not only has it, but has been prepared to use it and has exercised leadership Another walks of life long before he, you know, became the governor. And if you really want to to uh, to to try to understand uh, what's going on here in terms of choices, well, just harken back to what the state would have been with Gillum, and then you have a, nobody ever asked the people that who are down on Desantis. All you have to do uh, is to say, uh, "Well, uh, <laughs> would you rather have Andrew Gillum?" Uh, that's really basically, and en- 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 companies, and en- companies, the whole thing encompasses the whole thing. So, um, um, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, cover, cover that a little bit as I wait on Ted and see if he's out there coming on. Um, there is probably the most worrisome and what DeSantis is really onto and what he's really covering and what he really understands and he, what, what he doesn't, uh, uh, uh shirk from is a recognition that there's federal and state encouragement uh, for private entities to discriminate against Americans with dissenting views. That's really what he understands. And uh, he says he's coming on, so we'll, we'll we'll have him pick up here in a moment. Um, that That is something that is significantly going on, and you see dissenters confronting him. You see him confronting Disney. You, you see him, uh, uh, you know, even people in public offices can become agents of discrimination against people with dissenting views. He removes the the state attorney in South Florida because the state attorney decides that really he's going to endorse views that are in line with the woke uh, people rather than in line with the state law. And DeSantis um, understands that and has the courage and the leadership to deal with that. Um, this is the, so. There's this. There's significant discrimination going on against regular Americans uh, from participating in services that are generally open to the public. Um, you know that this is this is pretty pretty uh pretty obvious to the Sanders, and he's willing to make this um, line in the sand and deal with it. And that's rare. Uh, if you, you most people in political leadership, I won't say many, particularly Chris. They don't want to advocate for a particular uh, situation up or down for fear. It'll alienate somebody pro or con. So they kind of walk the middle and muddle it up and talk with marbles in their mouth. Uh, One of the recent examples, and I've been thinking about telling my uh, people who contribute to me through PayPal uh, about this. And and, and, and let me talk to you about PayPal. PayPal have made a recent announcement that it will confiscate $2,500 from customers who spread misinformation. Now here's yours truly, who's already been shut down by uh, YouTube for quote unquote, violating community standards, which is violating information, th- you know, spreading information they don't agree with. And so we fired we fired uh, YouTube and we encourage you to go to rumble.com and follow us as I see each day some of you do. And oh, this is now spread over to PayPal. Uh, People do contribute to the Ward Scott files using PayPal. You know, PayPal is really an agent of the woke. uh, And the Wall Street Journal has researched this. Philip Hamburger has researched this. Uh, The company later claimed the announcement was incorrect information when all of a sudden uh, people started dropping PayPal. I haven't done that yet. Uh, But it turns out that PayPal still threatens to take $2,500 from customers for promoting, quote, intolerance that is discriminatory, end quote. That's in our agreements that we get when we look at the fine print that PayPal has us enter into as a customer of theirs. Now, PayPal right now is still up on uh, the wordsgodfiles.com site as a device by making a contribution. They do take a cut from that. So what you contribute is not what we get. In um, 150 bucks, they'll take out five bucks. That's not really the, the problem. The problem is that at this point, they could do what YouTube does. And they could not see if they just withdrew and made it, disallowed us to use PayPal. That'd be one thing. But they're talking about fining us for promoting a point of view that they don't tolerate. Now that, that I don't want to talk about that for a moment with you. Um, there was a sharp reaction, as you can understand, from many customers who canceled their accounts. And the company price, uh, stock price even dropped 6% in one day. So uh, this is something that I, I wanted to talk over with some of you all because uh, this, this is something that uh, is, is a new twist. It's a new twist, is it not, uh, on what we're doing here uh, with our show. And, and uh, I'm looking at some of you all here. Um, I'm back. You know, Ted says he's signing on. He hadn't signed on yet. I'm not sure where he is, but we'll get him when he comes on. So um, Michael Lucas, who seems to be up on so many things, Mike, thank you. you considered using GabPay and he says he's closed his PayPal account already. Um, John Dole's has canceled his PayPal account. I, I think probably, well, I'll discuss it with our people, but I, I think probably since PayPal has taken this position, And we already know the heavy handedness of, uh, and all these tech companies are seem to be interrelated. So, you know, to what relationship, what relationship is there among them and between them is something that's not readily obvious to those of us who use them. Um, We do know uh, that the government is working through social media platforms to censor Americans. And we know this by how you do Google. If um, you you look for COVID-19, for example, you Google that, you get more or less the orthodoxy uh, line of thinking about COVID and vaccinations and all that because that's what uh, Google allows to come up. Uh, and it particularly, we know that if you use the word beep in any mention of election, while you are going to raise all sorts of red flags all across these social media platforms. So that's not something um, that uh, we should be condoning. Um, So to the extent that we can get away from it, we did. We got away, we fired. There's Ted. Uh, Welcome, Ted. Um, Talking right now, Ted, as Ted checks in, um, talking about the government working through social media platforms to censor Americans. And you and I have talked about this. And um, what I'm talking about, just before you checked on, is we have people who donate to the Ward Scott files through using PayPal, but I think you're probably aware of the fact that PayPal has issued a, 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 a decree that it will fine a, a customer a two th- up to $2,500 for promoting intolerance that is discriminatory. And so here we have a show, which has already been uh, caused a red flag be raised by YouTube. <laughs> and now we've got PayPal. If they would just drop us, that'd be one thing. Uh, but... Them finding us is yet another. So I'm just discussing with my listeners and my customers the fact that we at the Ward Scott Files tab will probably stop using PayPal. Uh, that's where I was when you checked in. And the issue here is an issue that's been covered by Philip Hamburger uh, and where he is tracing through how the government is working through these social media platforms. And um, I asked your successor yesterday uh, or the day before, whenever she was on the air with us for a while. What they were going to, what was on the uh, agenda, if we could take back the house? And uh, Kat Camick claims that one of the things is to go after these uh, uh, social media platforms. So uh, I'll tie you in right there on that, my man.
0: No, I, I appreciate it, and I apologize for uh, checking in late. We're up here in the mountains, and the internet was not cooperating this morning. Oh, so we Had to reset everything. <laughs> but as far as these corporations, um, what better way for the government? to suppress speech and filter stuff other than going through these large tech platforms. And that way they have plausible deniability, it wasn't us. And uh, I hope the legislation that they talk about is one of those pieces of legislation that moves quickly and gets signed into law. Of course, with this president, it more likely won't. Uh, but that's something they need to prepare, the new speaker, to send it back, if he vetoes it, send it back weekly and just let that message go out to the American people. This person is blocking free speech in the United States of America by preventing this bill coming up. And it's gonna take leadership in the house and I hope they gain it as as large as Newt Gingrich was talking about. Um, But more importantly, I hope the people that are in charge in the leadership roles um, do what's right for this country, not for a political party, but what's right for America.
1: Just checking in with Ted Yoho who is Most really more reliable than the rising of the sun and the setting of the moon or whatever. And when he didn't uh, check in on time, I thought, uh oh, uh, did the bad guys get him somewhere on the mountain trail or what? <laughs> but but uh here he is, he's uh, he had a little internet. Whereabouts in the mountains, my man?
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, Blue Ridge is if you know where that is, we're about 15 miles north. It's a little town called Mineral Bluff.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've been up there many a time. Great place. Uh so, yeah, if you're just checking in that y'all we've got Ted with us now and any questions you want to shoot our way why go ahead, I'll look at it on the chat here. Um, There is some discussion too, Ted, as you know, every major educational institution receives federal funding and the the institutions have become ed up, if you will, as we say in the South, ed up with uh, wokeness. And one of the things I was discussing before you came on was, um, the stark contrast between uh, Chris and DeSantis and that DeSantis is willing to stand up and take, take on wokeness. And he's able to take it on at the corporate level uh, vis-a-vis, let's say, uh, the example of Disney, where uh, corporations think they're big enough to be outside the law or twist the law the way they want to adopt it. And then, okay, you do that, but you don't get your tax breaks either. Uh, you know, fair play. Okay, right. you, you know. So, uh, what of you? of your history? What's your relationship with this sort of thing? This is something I think is most uh, admirable about DeSantis's leadership.
0: No, I think it is. Ron's doing a great job on that. In fact, he's got a bill to go after the tech companies, and says that you're not going to censure in this in in our state. And um, you know, I know Chris pushed him on: Are you going to stay governor for four years? You know, Ron's job is to be the governor when he gets elected and then a new position opens. And if he if he sees fit to run, I think he should run. And I think people of Florida would support him. But these institutions, like you're saying, the wokeness and the universities and things like that, keep in mind, the University of Florida, our flag uh, uh, flag bearing university for the state of Florida is a land grant university that's funded primarily by the taxpayers as are most of these um, uh, public universities. And if that's so, they are pushing an agenda that is um, tied at the hip with this administration with wokeism. And we, the American people, need to push back and say no. In fact, President Trump funded the historical black colleges and universities for a 10-year period of time, first time that's ever been done. And these these. These organizations, these um, universities, they need to not promote an ideology. They need to go back to the basics, you know, teach the basic um, uh, things that they're supposed to, the sciences, the math, the histories, the English, without the wokeness in there. It it turns my stomach. And I've talked to you before about Brittany Cooper, Professor Brittany Cooper, up at Rutgers University, where she was talking about shooting white people and she used some explicatives in there. shoot the white MRFers uh, and we need to take them out. But she's still a tenured professor up there. And um, these things just need to be wiped off the slate. And I think we need to do a rebuild of the curriculum at these institutions. And if they don't abide by that, their funding needs to be cut.
1: Well, that's certainly a suggestion here because they are in cahoots with the entire woke establishment which has uh, crept on the political scene in all sorts of insidious ways and that was sort of my subject i was exploring as you checked on and uh, finally we've got somebody who is confronting it openly and didn't back down about didn't back down at all about it on the debate and um, found you know more resolve um, than ever when asked the question about it yeah not less but more am i going to endorse this approach so um People need to understand that at the bottom of this is the First Amendment, really.
0: And, really
1: you know, that's what we're really protecting. And, you know, I, sometimes as a professor, I want to holler out and say, the answer is you're protecting the First Amendment.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the universities are supposed to be that bedrock of discussions and debates. But I've talked to so many students that if they challenge an ideology of a professor, they get a bad grade. And, uh, you know, when you can't have that open discussion and a, and a professor feels threatened by that, you know, because he doesn't want that other slant going out to the rest of the students, that person needs to go. And you and I have talked about the tenureship in these per, in, in these universities. Um, I think that's something that they need to have that reviewed annually or every other year. And if they're not meeting what they're supposed to do, that, that needs to be polled and you don't have to do it to everybody.
1: If the problem with that it, is the problem. That, the problem with that is kind of like probably similar to maybe what you run into with the committees in Congress. Um, they pick sure. their own kind, and then yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. If I understand it, your committees in Congress are probably not much different from the review committees in the college, who are picked from their own kind. In other words, they're not right. going to be. They're not going to see what you and I see because they are part of what they're looking at. They
0: don't want to see. The so. They
1: can't see. They were hired in the first place by people like them. And so there have been so much of that going on. It's layer upon layer of people being hired by people like them until I uh, did. I'll give you a little clue here. It's sort of funny. is isn't. It? You know, I was in the English department. How rare mm-hmm. is a male English teacher? I mean, first of all, they look at me like, what's wrong with this farmer
0: male English
1: teacher. An agrarian, really, what I chose. And that's out of fashion. So anyway, at one point, Ted, everybody that was being hired to replace, say, of retiring was a female. And I actually went to my chair, whom I actually liked. And she actually liked me. She sort of tolerated me. And I said, you know, if you hire one more female, I'm going to sue for discrimination. (laughs) Which was true. And guess what? the next two guys were males, you know, because they were so out of whack. I said, come on, you're creating stereotypes in the room and you are yep. a female chair and you've got female chairs of your committees and, and come on, Whereas it's not that all of them were bad. Some of them were great, you know. Uh, some, of the, some of the females on the staff were as tough as nails and great teachers but uh, and were their own independent thinkers, but the majority of the committee, if you follow me, uh, was a, a left-leaning, there's no question about it, and perpetuated yeah. its own kind, Yeah, you know?
0: <laughs> Well, I think anytime time you get the scales off balance like that, whether it's in, uh, you know, government or those kind of departments like that, it, it's, it starts going in a direction that you may not want it. And I think that's where you got to have that fair and balanced, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I, the only way you're going to do that is by the citizens, again, putting pressure on their elected officials or going to the school boards or going to the board of regents, but not many people do those things. And, uh, you know, I think there is a wake up call coming in America. We're seeing it. I mean, it's up here in um, North Georgia. I mean, the talk up here is stronger than it is in uh, the conservative areas of Florida. So it's a nationwide uh, movement and um, up here. The thing they're going through now is the Methodist church, that has the whole transgender organization and there's a big meeting coming up here um where that they that group wants to split off and uh the other group is saying no you can't take the met- word methodist with you you can do your own yeah thing. yeah so I'm, i mean that th- those things are going on all over the country in different factions or different um uh, professions i guess um uh, but we the people need to speak up Got a question here from
1: somebody who lives in Georgia. Is Carrie Lake as strong as she appears? Could she be a governor? I'm sorry, Carrie? Carrie Lake. Are you familiar with Carrie Lake? Yeah, yeah. Is she strong? The question is from my friend who's watching from Atlanta. Could she be a good governor?
0: She could be. Um, You know, when you look at her policies and that, uh, I know she has spoken out a lot about, you know, the, the, (laughs) the beep of the election. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> you've learned i'm you, learning you can learn
0: <laughs> i can be trained even an old dog <clears throat> but you have to look at the personality itself are they going to do what's best for the state that she's going to represent and um you know time will tell on that you know a lot of people come in and then their philosophies change i mean charlie chris is a great one. Oh god <laughs> uh, what did Bron say? Uh his last polit- his last six political parties have all been different. Yeah. Uh, um but I think what I see with um uh Carrie Lake, I think she will stay true to her colors. And you know, if not the people of Arizona will throw her out, as they should.
1: You know, uh I think the best line of that debate was the only per the only thing I'm interested in doing is putting this old donkey out the pasture. I think okay. that was. You know, that was the, the hook. I mean, that that says everything about
0: it. You know? I tell you, Charlie, <laughs> that, that guy, I just, it's kind of pathetic. He can't he can't get away from a government job. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I worked with him, and he, he was uh, very, very pleasant to work with, great listener, but his politics and his ideology is just whacked.
1: Well, Ron said he was hardly there in the Congress. Was that the case? Hardly
0: so? ever. Hardly ever. Yeah, he wasn't there much at all. Especially this year. In fact, I was flying home from DC and it was a vote for a big vote, and he's on the plane to go home and uh, politic in the Jacksonville area. And I'm like, <laughs> we shouldn't be doing that.
1: <laughs> wow. He wasn't even there for the vote, huh?
0: Um, no, he wasn't there for the vote. Wow. Well, but he I drew the Ron, check.
1: He was he, he only draws, there
0: 15 days, right? He draws the check, right? <laughs> 174,000 a year.
1: <laughs> Just before we take a break here, um, Hamburg makes the point in his article that the Obama-era Justice Department pressured banks to deny payments to disfavored but lawful businesses. Uh, And that reminds me of Lois Lerner. I don't think she was ever dealt with. She took the fifth. Imagine if if a Trump or somebody would take the fifth and still get paid. I mean, she's still on the payroll. She's still working.
0: Well, that's why it's the old Biden White House, not the Biden. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to see Biden, because it is the old people from the Obama administration in there, and, and they are doing some terrible things to this country and they're setting it up to where it's going to be hard to bring it back, but it will come back.
1: Along with Ted Yoho, our representative who term limited himself, doggone it, and uh, is now up in the mountains and is uh, faithful as can be, a little late getting on because of the. Internet services in the hills there, but that's to be at least. It's, it's, can you look out your window and see Dog Patch? <laughs> Do you remember the cartoon Dog Little Abner?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, Dog Patch. Yeah, Daisy Man. <laughs> Abner? that goes way back. That goes oh, way man, back. Well,
1: I was before your time, but I used to read Dog Patch all the time. <laughs> Little Abner.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, had to get, I had to get Carolyn up on the, on a ladder up on the roof there, so she could hold up the antenna, so we can get reception.
1: Really, Holy <laughs> no, man. Uh, Oh, it's a good thing the Woke didn't see you do that now. Yeah, Uh, really. We'll take a break right now in the Wards God Files, looking at the chats coming in. Give me a uh, question if you need one. We'll be back in a minute. I'll do a little bit of weather with you, and then we'll be back with Ted.
0: Hang on.
1: the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, on spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com
0: Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks.
1: Help me. Help. Help. Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Time for Ward's weather report brought to you by Lewis Oil. Wendell Lewis, Lewis Oil, a great organization. Chevron um, and a lot of other guys buy their gas from Lewis Oil and you'll put it under a different label. So um, at the root of all of it is the uh, Lewis and Lewis Oil supporting the Ward Scott Files. Well, we've got a kind of promise here in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida, perhaps a little bit of rain, 20 percent chance or so in the next couple of days, maybe even the day. Uh, I mean, the weather in terms of the air quality is pretty good right now. So you can work outside with them, basically not come down with a uh, dose of the allergies if you're susceptible to them. It's probably uh, the chances are are better right now that you won't, and that's just because of the atmospheric conditions. So this is the pleasant time of the year in north central Florida. We get the uh, uh, nice months here in October, November, sometimes even into December. And then, of course, we have it in the spring with March and April and a little bit of May. Wonderful time to be here. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's of interest. Um, what was the death toll in Hurricane Ian's uh, Florida um, assault on uh, on uh, on, the, on that area of the state? And it's now coming becoming clear um, that half of the deaths connected to Hurricane, hurricane Ian or Ian in Florida uh, so far that they have been able to count, uh, to to, to uh, account for. Uh, were were a result of drowning. Um, This is from the Medical Examiner's Commission. And uh, the latest list, which was provided last Thursday, uh, shows the causes of death for 112 of uh, Ian's victims in Florida. And at least 57 of those deaths are blamed on drowning. And another three are suspected to be drowning. But the data doesn't specify whether the drownings occurred due to storm surge rainfall, flooding, or other water. Uh, There were other causes of death when the storm hit. They included vehicle crashes, medical emergencies and falls. Four people killed themselves uh, because of the losses of their homes and belongings during the storm were simply too much for them to bear. Uh, About half of the drowning victims uh, were in Southwest Florida, Lee County. Where Ian made landfall and storm surge filled the first floors of buildings to the tops in places like Port Myers Beach. Uh, the storm has measured water as high as 15 and a half feet inside buildings. Uh, there was also inland flooding there in several counties around the state. All of the victims who died were so far adults, and many of those were elderly. The oldest was a 96 year old man. Found in Charlotte County to the north of Fort Myers, he was one of three drowning victims of the storm statewide who was 90 or older, according to the medical examiner's data. And more than one third were over the age of 70. So the surge was exceptionally broad, both geographically and in terms of affecting large swaths of population. Uh, It was a large storm and strong so it pushed a great amount of surge inland. Bodies were found inside and outside as well as in cars on the beach and in piles of debris. Uh, Lee County has about a population of about 788,000 people. Uh, The population has expanded by more than 25% in the last decade. It's the ninth fastest growing county in the nation and is one of Florida's most populated counties. So these deaths officially uh, uh, stretch across a dozen counties, but mostly right there in the area we were talking about. And there were five drowning deaths in Volusia County, um, uh, clear over by Daytona. So uh, it wasn't that that world escaped some of the deadly uh, repercussions. And for those of you who have been wondering, the deadliest storm ever recorded in Florida was the 1928 Lake Okeechobee Hurricane, it had a death toll of two thousand five hundred. So uh, we are not, as we reported yesterday, out of the uh, hurricane season yet. We still can get it in, uh, as 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 late as late November. So uh, don't give um, um, don't give away your precautions anytime soon. Uh, We're we'll come back now, uh, and then we'll be picking up uh, Ted Yoho again who uh, has uh, been multitasking today. He's up in the mountains and uh, didn't come on right away at the beginning of the show, uncharacteristically, because if there's anything you can do, it's you can set your watch by Ted. And it was because of internet troubles in the mountains, but he managed to get that corrected. And right now he has a busy schedule. He's uh, taking a phone call and when he comes back on, um, our production team will will patch him in. Um, There are a number of things that we were discussing with Ted and a one is basically, it comes back to leadership and courage. And we were talking about how the state of Florida has that type of governor right now, uh, but we really don't have it in Congress. And we're looking for that. Uh, we, we are hopeful first, steps first, uh, being able to take back, if you will, Congress, if that's the right term. And if there's any sort of good fortune maybe, inch closer to controlling or at least being on a level playing field with the Senate, maybe even being able to control it, but don't hold your breath. But at any rate, the, 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 the issue remains uh, leadership. Now, DeSantis's leadership is so obvious even to Christ, who kept suggesting that uh, in, a, in an offhanded way that DeSantis was better uh, at be, would be better at being the president than he was the governor. Uh, I thought that was really interesting as I've stated before that Chris would say that and, uh, not probably not realizing what he was saying. So, um, it's, it's something that, uh, uh you can uh, think about if you look back at the discussion and the way the discussion took place, it is, um, uh, more and more, it's obvious that, um, a lot of people feel that their America is vanishing, um, it is just um, uh, unfortunate that those who are uh, coming from work ethics and, of course, being blamed for being predominantly white, uh, but that's not necessarily the case, I don't think. Uh, just people of good Christian values, let's put it that way, who believe in family and uh, who believe in uh, responsible acceptance of one's debts and one uh, uh, living within one's means and and uh, uh, being a pillar of the community, if you will, and giving back to the community. Uh, Those people feel that that America that they knew uh, and when they grew up uh, learning the English language and learning it well, understanding the institutional documents and expecting them to be honored, uh, they're losing the grip. And when we say that America is at jeopardy, uh, this is what we mean. Now to the others who don't feel the same way, they feel that those values, which I just enumerated, are really not the core values. Uh, The family is overrated. We should have companions instead of wives. Uh, Children are convenient. You can abort them if they're inconvenient. Uh, The constitution, it should be revised. Uh, All the basic uh, pillars that set up the country were evil, uh, therefore, the country needs to be completely reset. Uh, all of this is um, is uh, in the, their bag of goodies, if you will, and they bring to the election booth. Uh, and then what makes it complicated is the press is not objective about this. The press does not make a kind of distinction like I'm making right now, that this really is what is at stake. Uh, they tend to operate the conventional press at a very superficial level. Um, uh, They also tend to stir the pot. They tend to do inflammatory comments that uh, uh, engage the passionate side of people rather than the thinking side. And so we are sort of stuck with a lack of reliable information sources. And if you take something like the word Scott files, then you understand it's even more difficult to get a note in a bottle off the island because uh, we have a situation where uh, uh, the tech platforms are controlling us. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that is in cahoots with the government and therefore is shutting down the First Amendment. So uh, the First Amendment, I would say of all the things that I have been watching that are at, at stake here in this election, it would be the First Amendment. The right to dissent. Uh, the right to hold different opinions, the right to objective and open debate uh, without misinformation, of all the you know I know the Second Amendment, but that that's not the one. It really is at the core of what is being jeopardized here uh, in these elections. So I would say that uh, all data, all polling leads back to that if not overtly then certainly implied um do you have the freedom to express yourself do you have the uh, do you have a judicial system uh, that truly uh, brings responsibility and emphasizes responsibility for for, for personal actions uh, do you have that um uh, you know we don't seem to have that we don't seem to have a system in minds of a lot of people that does that, that um, takes into account um, responsibility for one's actions. In fact, it's been exactly the opposite. It's been defund the police and uh, um, politicize the police and all the above. So uh, we've really got a lot of things here at stake. And of course, if you didn't have a devil, you'd have to invent one because it is a good polarizing technique, and we have that with the use of Trump. He has been living rent-free in the minds of the left since he came (laughs) down the so-called escalator, even before then. When he even remotely entertained the idea of running for president, he began to live rent-free. There are many opinions about why that occurs. Uh, One is most obvious that This is an outsider to D.C. This is a businessman with no experience that you would think would be traditional. You have exactly the opposite situation with Biden. Total insider, total product of the system, totally drawn a check from the government all his life. And now is just one more check drawing from the government yet one more time. I guarantee he knows everybody in DC. He knows where all the bones are buried. He's an insider, they all protect each other. And along comes an outsider that threatens them. And they can't stand that. Now they like to think they believe in diversity and inclusion, but not if the person's different from them. They don't diversify and include if the person is different from them. That's not the way it works. So uh, I think Ted is coming back on. I heard him, I believe. Did I hear you, Ted?
0: Yeah, I'm here. Ted's I've been here for five minutes. So you're doing
1: good. Oh, you didn't want to interrupt me on my roll? Golly, yep, man. Sir. Save me yep. from myself. Um, but that's the way I see it right now, Ted. It all comes back. Uh, we heard me uh, basically to uh, being able to operate in a free society without fear of being shackled by the government.
0: I agree with you. And I think, you know, we're all so aware of that. It's the next step is how do we change that? What do we have to do to change that? And it's we've got to get people engaged. And, uh, you know, I think I've told you the story when I I was speaking to the young Republicans at the University of Florida. I go in there. There's this great group of kids, about 15 of them, white shirts on, ties. You know, they look real professional. But on the way there, I walked by the Democrats, um, uh, young college Democrats, and they were dialing for Obama. And uh, (laughs) there was probably 100 kids in there. It was a a party atmosphere. They're high-fiving. We're not going to change the dynamics until we get people engaged. And um, again, when people get fed up enough, they will get engaged. But we have – you were talking about the ideology – and how these corporations, you know, it was at a point in time where the corporations were American corporations and they had American pride and they stood behind that. And there's some out there still, but there's so many out there now, they're answering to a board of directors and that board of directors has become very liberal. And you look at the educational system from the sixties on forward, even before the sixties, Woodrow Wilson, they went over and studied in Europe and, they brought that socialism back here and so for over 100 years our schools becoming that way and it's going to take a while to turn this back but it has to turn back because you know the the principles this country were founded on you and I aren't going to be in a picture of America 50 years from now you know we're just going to be a minority i mean all the all the poll, all, all the studies showed that but the things that should never change are the founding principles our core values, and the Constitution. Now, the Constitution has been set up where it can be changed, not by just running it over roughshod, but if you go through the proper process, you can change and amend the Constitution. Um, but the way these people are, are doing it is, it's, it's treasonous, is what I see.
1: Well, it's a lawless group in a way. Yeah. It's a lawless group. And um, uh, um, they don't. You can see it all through the systems. You can see it through the justice system. You can see it through it. Uh, the other institutions. The FBI. Uh, we know that they took the law into their own hands. There's no question about that now. No question but about that. Several investigations lead to the same point uh, that they took the law into their own hands for political reasons. That's the big.
0: You know, I was there at the beginning of those um, um, the Russian hoax uh, investigation and I think I've shared this with you before, there were uh, four or five FISA warrants. And the first one, I read the intelligence report, and the first one, I'm like, I'll give them a pass. Because um, the person that went to the FISA court and offered that information, um, the courts accepted that without doing any background check. But by the time the second, third, and fourth one came out, we knew the first one was predicated on falsities, and it was a lie. And so the, the second... Uh, all of them should have been thrown out and the investigation should have stopped then. But the FBI was complicit. All these agencies were complicit and that's the part that really needs to change. When somebody, another strong president gets in there like a Trump that will go through and clean house. And you can do that through attrition. You can do that by, you know, reevaluating these people and just put them on early leave, get them out of here. We don't need those people that are running an ideology camp in this country to change the very fabric this country is founded on.
1: Well, it certainly will take, as we said before, leadership, people willing to step up and be recognized for the commitment. And along those lines, we've discussed this before, um, Speaker of the House, and what's your latest thoughts? I know they probably are um, being revised as things go along, but... um, uh what are we looking for in that in that person
0: uh the, the one you're looking for is a person that can articulate the goal for that congress congress is two years look beyond september 30th of the next year where the funding process you know comes to an end and it, it's just chaos up there you want somebody that can art- articulate a minimum of two years but we should really be setting projection of america 10, 15, 20 years into the future, and then bring up legislation that will support that. A good leader, his job is not to get your bill passed. His job is to get your bill to come up for debate on the floor. The member who brings that bill up, it's his job to get that bill passed, not just in the House, but in the Senate. And a good leader will help his team accomplish those. But they ought to sit down on day one and says, all right, guys, what are your major concerns with the country? And there should be five, no more than 10 things that they want to go after adamantly. Um, Kevin McCarthy is the heir apparent right now. Uh, I don't know if that'll come to fruition, but he's got over 100 plans that he wants to do. And I know he's trying to mimic what Newt Gingrich has done with the contract with America, uh, where they went through very effectively. But Newt Gingrich was a very strong leader and he had buy in from his people. Kevin does not have that from my experience for the eight years I was up there, unless he's changed in the last two years.
1: Good point. Well, we know that um, Gingrich was certainly kind of the gold standard recently here about getting things done and articulating. He still articulates, he still participates in the conversations. So he
0: sure does, yeah. um,
1: You know, to the extent that the press lets him be heard, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that works. Um, Any thoughts on anything going on? Uh, Perhaps it's out of our lanes, but not mine. Uh, uh, Anything local that you see we need to be addressing here? The hot potatoes of single-member districts, of course. I don't know if you have a dog in that hunt or not.
0: No, um, I mean, that is one of the big fights, and just getting conservatives elected. I mean, you've got Ed Braddy running for a county commission seat. Uh, I went ahead and endorsed Ed. You know, I've known Ed a long time. Um, you know, he's got some good ideas he wants to bring. And so those are the things locally where people can weigh in, get the right people elected that starts changing that, that um, political ideology back to the center, back to the foundation of this country, not where we're seeing it so far left. I mean, it is so off balance here and so skewed. Um, I think those are the things. And then on the state level, you know, we've got, Immediate things that we've got to worry about, of course, the the hurricane, uh, hurricane Ian, but not that. Just that. Look at the insurance that's going to affect the people in this uh, state. You know, with the hurricanes and all these companies going bankrupt, that's something the Florida legislature really needs. Legislature really needs to weigh in on. And so, those are immediate things for the state of Florida. But at the same time, you need to make sure your people in Washington. I, you said you had uh, Representative Amick on uh, the other day hold her accountable. If she is not doing what we she says she is, get her out, you know, put somebody else in there. I mean, that's the only way I can see we can change this. And people are going to say, well, they've got knowledge and wisdom. And we don't want to lose that continuity. You want to lose that continuity because if we're not having a, a quick stop at the slide of this country into the socialism, Marxism that we're heading into, you're not coming back um, without a fight.
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, I agree with you on, I think uh, Ed was best mayor of the Gainesville ad. And um, I think Ed is a very uh, sensible person who knows how to um, express an opinion and reach it in a logical, convincing way. So,
0: uh, Yeah, he and he be, could work across the aisle.
1: Yeah, he'd be a very breath of fresh air on the county commission. There's no question about it. And I believe Ramy Glenn is a really bright lady and very much a courageous, outspoken person once she Feels that her principles are uh, need to be uh, understood and expressed. So um, there's so much misinformation. Once again, I, I I can't remember exactly what. And this would not be your deal. It would be the states. Um, what we did about public officials using public money to argue about a position that threatens them. Uh, I thought we got that passed here, so they couldn't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I looked at Ed's opponent who ran against me and she says she's been fighting these problems, you know, inequality, racism and all that for 50 years. And I wrote in my endorsement, it kind of tells you, you know, if somebody's been working on a problem for 50 (laughs) years and they're still here, I don't want that person working on that problem because obviously they don't know what they're doing. You need to look at it from a different perspective. And yeah, yeah. Um, people just need to get engaged and i know they're tired of hearing that but you know your country's at risk here
1: well we're talking with ted uh yoho here i'm just looking to see if any can come in on the chat line that you want us to talk about um we are um we get the question again and we've already covered that and you know what would you like to see in a congressional house leader we covered that one um the senate um anything about the senate um You know, we're all speculating here, and your speculation and my speculation is just that. But um, you may have a little inside scoop on the dynamics of that uh, group. What's your take on that?
0: Well, my take is more of a wish list. You know, I'd like to see Rick Scott run for the majority leader and um, the head of the Senate. Rick's a business guy. I know a lot of people have, you know, they've got baggage with Rick. But Rick is one of those guys that looks at problems. He analyzes it and he moves forward. And it may not be the most popular decision, but it's a decision that makes the economy stronger. You know, you look at when he left office, we had a surplus. And then DeSantis was able to come in and build upon that. You know, Mitch McConnell, um, he's a nice individual, but he's been there a long time. And I think it's time to pass the reins off. I mean, there's a whole new generation, probably about four generations that are up there, um, Younger than he is, that it's time for them to move on, uh, and uh, and thank him for his service. Any dynamic women that you see coming along? I got that question coming in. Dynamic women, yeah. I mean, look at the women in the Freedom Caucus. These are people that are willing to speak their mind. You know, the media, as you said, is going to put out the view that they want. The media. And they write them up as crazies and all these things, and you know because they don't fall in line with their uh, the inclusion and all that stuff. But these are the people that are willing to go against the grain. And sometimes, if you're uh, the school of fish is going one direction, you might want to swim the other direction uh, because that's that um, play along to get along mentality, and that's what's led us to where we're at. Kat Kamick, she can be a strong leader if she puts on what's best for this, for her district. And she acts on what's best, not just for the district, but for the nation and, you know, not be self-serving. And if she does those things, she can be a great leader. She's um, got national recognition, raises a lot of money. But the policies have to be what's best, not just for the state of Florida, but for America long term. Um, You know, so there's a lot of strong women. And I know there's uh, some coming into Congress. Um, but I look at Lord, Lauren Bobart. I look at uh, Mary Miller that beat Rodney Davis, who was a rhino. Rodney was a great friend of mine, but he was just part of the establishment. And then um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green, you know, right. she's kind of Dusty Roads type, you know, come down from the turnbuckles and give you. A, <laughs>
1: give
0: <laughs> well, probably no on Dusty that. <laughs> We're out of time, Ted. Thanks for hanging around, and, and speaking with you. Sorry to be in late, and I'm going to sign off. You all take care.
1: Okay, Ted, thank you very much for checking on and Wardhall Command Center out.